hear be yourself be yourself yeah, but yeah. you hear it but do you necessarily apply it not always mm. especially in in the corporate world people are wearing facades left right and center Welcome, everybody. This is Alpha Delta, a podcast where I have conversations with people who are operating at a higher level with the hopes that it motivates and inspires people to become the best version of themselves. So today I'm joined by Rebecca Murioki. Rebecca is someone who has really inspired me um, just along my career. She's actually someone who interviewed me when I was applying for an internship at Deloitte. That's how we first met. But, you know, just from that experience and, you know, now like getting to learn a bit more about her, I think just the things that she's do- she's done, the things that she's doing can really inspire a lot of people. But, um, you know, Rebecca, for those who don't know you, could you just, you know, introduce yourself, let us know who you are, where you're from, what you do and where you go to school. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi, Joe. Thank you. First of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast show. It's a real honor. I I am really honored to to be invited onto your show. Uh, my name is Rebecca Muriuki. I am an associate director at Deloitte and I lead the actuarial team for the East African division. I actually was born in Kenya, but bred and raised in South Africa. So if you're wondering why the accent is not purely Kenyan, that's that's the reason. And then I moved back to Kenya about, it's been about eight years. Wow, time flies. About eight years ago, I moved here to start family with my then fiance, now husband. And I am now a mom of three, including twins. So it's been a very interesting journey. Um, you know, building back my career while raising a family and becoming a mom at the same time. So I went to school. You asked where I went to school. I went to school in South Africa and I did my university in South Africa as well. Anyone who's a UCT alumni, please shout out and say hi to me on LinkedIn. And yeah, since then, it's it's been very interesting how, you know, there's been twists and turns in my career. And now I'm getting into this space where it's more about impact. And I guess it comes with age or experience. Mm. I don't know. And so that's what has influenced my my new passion or just finding the passion I've always had to help other women elevate their careers. As we all know, there is still a huge diversity gap in the corporate world when you look at women in leadership versus men in leadership. And in my experience, every time I have moved up in my career journey, it's become lonelier and lonelier. And I've always thought, oh my goodness, how can I bring more women with me on this journey? And that's how the Elevate Her community was born. Mm-hmm. which is my community where I coach women and help them get paid, promoted, and really recognized based on what they rightfully deserve. Right. That's that's awesome. That's that's really, really cool. Um, <clears throat> I know you sort of hinted at it um, during just your introduction, but my first question for you is, you know, what are you passionate about and why? Yeah, that's that's a very good question. I think 
definitely very, very passionate about the women agenda in all things. Mm -hmm. And I think becoming a mom has just really strengthened that passion because I can see, you know, you have, sometimes you have to just get into someone's shoes to understand exactly what they're going through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's also not coincidental that as women, when you are in that point in your career where it's supposed to peak, right. it's also the same time when you're raising a family. And right. so that also becomes a challenge in us being able to sort of accelerate our path to success versus our male colleagues. Right. So for me, that has just been such you know, ignited so much passion, especially when I had my twin girls to really inspire other women to know that you can be a mom and, you know, a successful career woman. You don't have to choose between the two. They are not mutually exclusive. And so that's, that's how I hope to inspire other women. I also love doing other things. So I love, love traveling very, very much. Of course, with the kids, that has kind of reduced as well as the pandemic. But hopefully um, soon I'll get back on, yeah, on on the road traveling. I love watching sports, specifically tennis and Formula One. So this year was very emotional. (laughs) Uh, Serena Williams and... Uh Right. Yeah, yeah. So tennis-wise, Serena Williams, yeah, Serena Williams and Federer resigning in the yeah. same year or retiring has been very emotional. Right. Um, and then on the Formula One side, wh- is that what you were about to guess? Like, yeah, yeah. I, Lewis I, Hamilton. Yeah, probably. Of course, Team Elite. <laughs> Team Elite oh, all the way. Oh man, I'm a I'm a Red Bull fan. I support Verstappen. Oh no, oh. you did not just say that. <laughs> I did, I did, I did. I I love the guy. I love I the young I should have asked you that before I. Asked <laughs> <you>. <laughs> right, right. All good, all good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um. Great. Um. So the first, the next question I have for you is um. You know, taking a step back. Um, I want to just talk a bit about your childhood, you know, like just give us a general idea of like, what was that like for you? You know, what do you spend your time doing? Um, what was high school like for you? You know, just give us that whole picture of, you know, what was growing up like for you? Yeah, that's a very, very interesting question. And I talk about my childhood or at least I sprinkle it in, in my content mm-hmm. um, because it's it's so relevant, especially for women of color. Because how we are raised, how we were raised influences how we show up at work. And some of the things or some of the ways in which we are raised actually works against us um, in the corporate world. So, you know, I was raised in a traditional black family. My dad was a lecturer. My mom was a doctor and they came from extreme poverty. I still, you know, remember stories my dad would give us when we were growing up, how he got his first pair of shoes when he went to high school. Um, So for them, us having education and us being A-star students was, Mm. you know, non-negotiable. Right. So I spent, you know, most of my childhood, at least the early formative years, uh, was very, very much driven by education. Um, we would spend weekends doing math homework <laughs> and extra homework that my right. dad would give us. Yeah. And at the time, of course, we felt oh, this was such, so much punishment. But when I look back, I realized that for them, that that was the only 
sort of avenue out right. of what they experience in their childhood. Mm. And for them, that was the only thing they could give us, you know, a good education. And and right. that's what they did. Um, so so most of my childhood memories, I, I remember around, you know, working on weekends, doing homework, extra homework, um, extramural activities were right. there, but a lot of them were mm. like going to Kumon math yeah. or, you know, doing stuff that were related to helping us excel in our right. education. Um, but we, we also did have a little bit of fun, although it wasn't the same as what my colleagues experienced, right? And and that also has an impact, you know, when you get to work and, you know, there's the usual banter and people are talking about where they went on holiday right. with their families and the only story you can tell is you going to the village to visit your grandparents mm. right which is yeah. not always what you hear other people uh talk about when right. you get to the corporate world yeah so so those are the memories that stand out as a child and then even just school holidays were very interesting and even going into the work place I had very different stories to what my typical you know white colleagues would talk about they would talk right. about how they went to Disney World and I would talk about how or I would, would not talk about how we you know went to the village to visit my grandparents um, right. just because that was my parents version of what a holiday meant um, right. and so it, I mean I'm grateful for the experiences I had but I think they also shaped a lot of of what I experienced, especially the first, I would say the first half of my career um, in terms of, you know, how I behaved, how I treated authority, um, you know, authority, you know, if you grew up in a black household, <laughs> children are to be, is it children are to be seen and not heard. Right. Yeah, You have right. to respect, you don't answer back you do not challenge authority Absolutely. and so I took all of that those childhood experiences into the mm -hmm. workplace which didn't always work for me right. um, but I'm grateful because now I'm able to share with other women who right. grew up just like me and who maybe have these same assumptions that they don't even realize are influencing how they behave and how they show up at work right right that's yeah no, that's that's very interesting. I think for me, from your story, I really resonate with the educational part towards how you grew up. Because you know, it's just similarly for me, like my parents really stressed just the importance of education, right? I remember, like for me, yeah, spend you know, like some summers getting going for two like summer classes and like you know, getting extra lessons on certain things, getting tutors, um, especially during exam periods and things like that. So I. I, and there's actually something that goes to say about just, you know, just like prioritizing education and upbringing and sort of how it reflects someone's trajectory over the, over a period of time. I, I definitely see there's some correlation to some degree about it. Um, so, so yeah, you know, so my next question is, you know, can you walk us through how you got to where you are today? You know, just tell us a bit about your career path what and like, you know, what are some of the things you've done? Yeah, yeah. So I started, it's been 10 years. Oh my goodness. Hope I'm not giving my age away. <laughs> it's been 10 years since I stepped uh, foot into the corporate world. So I was fortunate enough to to get a, a job offer 
before I even graduated. So how how the system works in South Africa is there'll typically be career fairs in your last year of university. And so the most of the corporates will be coming to look for, you know, who they can hire. And obviously they want the best of the best. Um, so I was fortunate enough to get a placement at another audit firm. I won't reveal which one it is, but you can obviously check on my LinkedIn profile and you'll find out. And so that's that's where I started. And I had no clue what I was getting myself into. So, you know, like I said, because my life had been about education a lot, education was a huge pillar in in my life. Um, And so I was used to getting A's. I left high school with plain A's. Um, When I went to university, it, it wasn't the same, but, you know, I still worked hard. And most of the time I... I would, you know, get grades that were good enough for me to go to the next year. So I studied actuarial science um, and and that was hard in itself. That was right. hard enough. Um, but I finished in, in record time. I got as many exemptions as I could that went towards my professional qualification. And so I was used to, you know, you put in the hard work, you stay out of trouble, you'll get the results. And so I went into into the workplace with that mentality, but it was just a different jungle altogether. Um, And it took some time for me to kind of understand those unwritten rules of the corporate game and how things actually work. And it's not just about how hard you work because everyone all my colleagues were working just as hard, if not harder than me. Right. Um, and, you know, you actually needed to put a voice behind your work. Right. Uh, because something else I experienced was people would even take credit for my work because mm. I, I wasn't saying anything about it. Right. Um, and I, I wasn't being vocal and I wasn't sharing my opinions. And so sometimes people would think I don't have opinions right. or they wouldn't even realize that I can't contributed towards the project or whatever problem it is it was that we were solving so those are some of the earlier career challenges I would say I faced but over time with mentors um, most of them were actually unsolicited Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I really got to learn about those unwritten rules and I really started to now strategically position myself for promotions for better opportunities and to you know start to really shape my identity as an expert and as you know a leader um, of authority in my industry so so that that's it took a while before I got to where I am now you know a a director in uh, a multinational organization and and I say that because a lot of times people will just see the LinkedIn profile but they won't see what it actually took for exactly. you exactly yeah um and it took 10 years and and i'm always honest with people it, it took me 10 years four wow. years of that which i actually had i would say a fake promotion because right um when i started at deloitte i um there was someone else who i reported to um who he at the time was the director and the leader of the team and then he left abruptly Um, And so for four years, I kind of acted in his position, but I didn't have the title. Um, And so that's why I call it a sort of 
fake quote unquote yeah. promotion. Yeah. And it was very frustrating because I was thinking, I'm doing all the work, I'm putting right. in the time, I'm leading right. the team, I have the qualifications. Why am I not moving? Um right. anyway. So it, it was a huge learning experience for me because I think and I take responsibility. Um, I could have definitely handled it differently right. and probably the result would be different. I would have gotten to the director position and who knows, maybe even partner position by now. Right. But all these experiences that I went through in my career, I always look back and say, and I say they were for a reason. Right. They were so that I could help other women who are going through the same things that I'm going through, who right. are experiencing what I'm experiencing and help them um, not you know go through the pitfalls or learn from some of the things I learned so that they could do things differently and, and have much better results um, so yeah that's that's what my my career was of course when I moved because I mentioned I moved to Kenya right um, and that was two years into my career kind of felt like I had to start over because Kenya is a very different economy <laughs> to South Africa right. in Absolutely. South Africa if you're black and you're a woman, I mean, you are a token hire. So everyone mm. wants to hire you. And so getting a job was not difficult. Right. Um, but in Kenya, it's it's different, right? Uh, of course, the, the population is very different. The working population is very small compared right. to an economy like South Africa. Mm. And getting a placement took me time. So I think I stayed out oh. of work for was it one and a half years? Wow. Yeah, one and a half years. Right. You know, I had the qualification. I was an actuary already. But I people just didn't want to hire me because they felt either I was going to be too expensive or I didn't have enough experience for right. the qualifications that I had. Mm-hmm. So that was also another challenge that, right. that I had to, to go through. Um, before I, you know, got the job that I had that, that I have now. Um, and I always tell, tell my friends or tell people on LinkedIn, how I actually got this job through LinkedIn. So literally, um, connected with the person who hired me. Um, and it, it didn't happen immediately. It actually took, I think it was one or two years before I actually got the job. Wow. Um, but I was persistent. I didn't give yeah. up. I kept in touch. Um, and, and, you know, somehow, <laughs> thankfully, yeah. um, this opportunity to work in this team came through, um, you know, two years later after I had started connecting with um, Thomas, who was my my previous um, direct supervisor. Right. So, yeah, it's been a career of very interesting ups and downs. And, you know, like I always say, we always think the corporate ladder is like a straight literally yeah. a ladder but it isn't yeah. it has a lot of kinks and curves that you don't see right. and when you experience them you think oh, is there something wrong with me is there something i'm not doing right no it's very normal um, but you have to be persistent and you have to really be clear on what exactly it is that you want and right. just keep taking action until you get it right now oh, that's <laughs> very inspiring <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i'm a bit uh yeah out of words um um yeah that's yeah yeah awesome very very cool um 
So I, I'm just going to move to the next question. Um, you know, so my question is, you know, what has been one pivotal moment in your life that has shaped your career? And the follow-up question is, you know, what has been your greatest achievement in your career so far? Hmm, pivotal moment. Wow, one. Oh, that's very difficult. Um, I can think of two. One that was negative, one that was positive. So okay. let me start with the bad news first. Um, <clears throat> so one day I was uh, presenting to the a, a board. So a board of an insurance company. They operate across Africa. So this was like the most executive board. So the Africa CEO was there. Um, the directors were there, the chair of the board was there, and we were asked to present insights on the industry um, in the context of East Africa. So prepare the presentation, get my team to do the research, put the data together, um, and then, yeah, we were ready to go. So it was me, it was my boss, and then it was his boss. So like literally three levels um so you know because we treated this very very seriously because of the you know the type the level of people who are attending this meeting so I open the slides when we get to the meeting um you know they introduce us um and I was tasked now to do the presentation so my boss and his boss just did an introduction um, or an overview, and then I was tasked to go into the details of what we wanted to present. So I opened the slides, and um, then I realized that um, there is there were two people at the end. So right. some some of the people attending, um, some of the senior people attending, and they were speaking to each other, like chatting. Um, and everyone else was was looking at, at the slides at what I was presenting and I was wondering why are they what are they saying why are they having this side chat mm -hmm. so I just continued talking through the data and the statistics right. and then they literally started giggling and like having Jeez. this side laugh and I'm like oh what? my goodness there must be something wrong on my slides and then one of them asks are these numbers in millions or billions and then that's when I realized oh my goodness these numbers are wrong because right. we had converted them to dollars and I think the way the conversion was done was wrong the number the graphs the wow. horizontal axis right. was labeled incorrectly it was just the most embarrassing moment right. that I can remember of my career. And like I said, my boss and his boss were there. Yeah. Right? So, so the all the decision makers of my career journey. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So stakes were really high. And, you know, we had come prepared with, you know, all guns blazing with, with you know, everyone as senior as we can get to come to this meeting. And here I am messing right. things up even before we've started the presentation wow. and I still remember my um our overall leader like she was looking at me and she was whispering saying just continue presenting just continue presenting because now they had you know they had started this side chat and they were talking so I was not sure should I continue should I just apologize and just continue with the message right it was just one of those really really low moments and right. 
after that, it took a while for me to get back to to, to feeling confident that I could speak. Um, right. And obviously, it was really hard managing the situation with my team um, right. because, you know, I felt really disappointed that, you know, they could make a mistake like that given right. the stakes that, that mm. were there and the fact that we really needed to put our best foot forward with this client. Um, but at the same time, I also had to take responsibility because I should have also reviewed more thoroughly. So so it it shaped my career in the sense that while it affected my confidence, mm -hmm. it also taught me a lot about failing and right. getting back up. Because I think that the failures in our lives are the ones that teach us the most. Right. Right. Other ones that teach us the most, especially if you can come back and say, well, I can do this. I failed or, you know, there's a lot of things to learn from here. How can I use this experience to right. be better the next time I do this thing? Right. Um, and so I learned so, so much from that experience. And it's interesting how we weigh failures so much. And we think that if, when people look at us, um, after we've we've experienced or we've had you know a low moment, mm -hmm. that people just think back to that exp or that moment, you know. And I was asking my leader, that she's now the CEO of the firm. The other day, I was asking her, "Do you remember that time when we went to do this presentation and it went just so horribly wrong?" And she was like, "No, I don't remember." And mm -hmm. I'm thinking, "What?" Yeah. for me it was such a big deal right. I thought everyone yeah. remembered it every time right. they see me that's all they remember and yeah. exactly and they don't they don't mm -hmm. things are actually not as bad as we think they are right. um, so for me that that was the big biggest you know learning lesson from that experience and to be able to speak to these same people to be able to even um, secure you know, work and to be able to present to them again with right. confidence and with conviction for me was, you know, one of the biggest sort of validation, self-validation that I got this, I can do this. Right. And a setback is not going to determine the trajectory or where I go in my career. So right. that, that was one of the career shaping moments. The other one was obviously when I got promoted to associate director, Right. I never thought that it would happen that soon. And I remember my team leader saying he doesn't think I, he didn't think I was ready. I had just come from maternity leave right. and there was a lot going on. Um, I had gone through a leadership assessment before when mm -hmm. I, um, before I went on maternity leave and there was a lot of things I needed to work on. And so he felt it was too soon. And when he gave that feedback to the talent review committee right. they thought no this she's going to be ready give her the chance and she'll be ready right. and two things i learned from that first of all have advocates mm -hmm. right your boss does not have to be the only one that determines how far you go or how fast you go in your career and the other thing i learned from that is you will never be ready right you will never ever be ready there will never be a perfect time and, right. you know, thankfully, I, I passed that leadership assessment and made associate director. But it goes to show that when you put your mind towards something, it will happen. Right. right. Um, mm -hmm. No matter what other people think, even 
people who you would have hoped would have more faith in you than they did. When you put your mind towards something, you will make it happen. So I would say those were the two really career defining moments um, right. of my career journey so far. Nice, nice. So Rebecca, you're telling us a bit about, you know, these two career defining experiences. The first one being, you know, you having this presentation in front of your manager, your managed manager, and the figures just not being correct, right? Um, and then the second yeah. one, of course, you know, has been one of like, I guess you could say sort of like the greatest achievement is that, you know, being you gaining the position about being a, an associate director, right? Um, so my mm-hmm. next question for you is, you know, what is the biggest challenge you've ever ha- had in your life and how did you overcome it? Um, as it relates to my career? Um, it can be career, it can be personal. You can respond however if you see fit. That is a very good question. Um, so career-wise, I would say, I think one of the biggest challenges is how do I, because I was just naturally a misfit, right? I Mm -hmm. joined an organization. I I don't don't think I mentioned earlier. I was the only black woman in the team. Um, So that, that was interesting. So I was just naturally a misfit Mm -hmm. and it was really hard to try and assimilate because even in leadership, there were very few people who looked like me. Right. Like right now, you know, eight, 10 years later, there has been a bit of transformation, but then it was really, really hard. Um, and so that, you know, went on with me. And even when I moved to Kenya, right. I would still find myself in rooms where I was either the youngest person. And so I felt like I had to do so much more like heavy lifting to validate myself right. and to make myself feel heard. And just being in an, an environment where I felt seen, heard, and I felt I could just be comfortable as I am right. and just bring me as I am to mm. the bring me as I am to the table right. um, was probably one of the biggest challenges I faced. And then I'm an introvert. So right. add on the natural misfit <laughs> to the fact that I'm an introvert. Right. And you know, we know that introverts are generally not seen as natural leaders. I think that narrative is changing now because Mm -hmm. we're talking more about inclusive leadership, about the fact that you can be a leader and not have to be, you know, outgoing. We know so many amazing, exceptional leaders who are self-proclaimed introverts, Bill Gates um, being one of them. And so for me, I think that challenge of just bringing my authentic self and not feeling like it was going to, work against my career was one of the biggest challenges I had to face. Um, And I know you always hear, be yourself, be yourself, but you hear it, but do you necessarily apply it? Not always, Mm. especially in, in the corporate world, people are wearing facades left, right Right. and center. People are not being hundred percent themselves. But I found for me that when I started showing up, 100% as myself, not feeling like I had to be the one to say something in every meeting, not feeling like I had to be the one to kind of explain myself as to 
why I dressed this, the way I did, why my right. hair was the way it was. Right. And, you know, not like my, my white colleagues. When I started to just show up as myself and be myself and not fear retaliation or what other people were going to think. That's when I started to really experience career freedom and fulfillment. Um, So I would say that's probably one of the biggest challenges I've faced in my career in my life. Um, So I I lost my mother when I was young. Mm. And so that, that, that has been something that that I've yeah that's that's been something that I've carried with me mm-hmm. for a long time and and I think it was dormant in my probably teenage young adult years but when you become a mother you realize the importance of having a mother right. and so it's it's been challenging to to not have that mother figure in my life mm-hmm. and to have to kind of navigate and figure things out myself um but but I've also use this as an opportunity to lean on other strong women in my life and to take inspiration from them Um, my mother-in-law being one of them so I would say those are yeah probably the biggest challenges I've had to experience yeah yeah that's that's really interesting and I actually really resonate with your second challenge about you know losing your mother at a young age like I lost my father at a pretty young age so likewise you know it's for me right now, it's navigating life and trying to be a man without there being like, you know, a father figure that, that's mm-hmm. sort of the, the, um, the benchmark. But, you know, I think I've just been very, very blessed and I'm very grateful to have an extremely strong mother and extremely strong aunties and, and family friends and uncles that have just been sort of great guides for me in terms of, you know, how, how should I perceive things? How should I navigate life? Um, so yeah. yeah, yeah, I I I really resonate with your 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 second challenge a lot. Um so my next question is, you know, what advice would you give someone who's trying to do the same things as you? Um, I would say first of all, just be authentic, show up as yourself unapologetically. Then I would say don't be afraid to try. Okay. Right. If I didn't raise my hand and do that presentation and go through that experience I wouldn't be the leader that I am now right I wouldn't be the confident speaker that I am now I had to go through that experience but to go through that experience I had to put my hand up and be willing to try yeah you know even though I knew I I wasn't perfect at that time neither am I perfect now right so so I would say there you know, planning, thinking, overthinking, all those things will hold you back Mm. from just taking action and getting the results. So just try, don't be afraid to try. And I was reading a story of the founder of Spanx, Sarah Blakey. Mm, And she was saying when she was growing up, yeah, when she was growing up, her dad, um, and, and I hope we can borrow a leaf from this as parents, um, Her dad will always ask her and her brother every single day at the dinner table, what did you fail at? And if they didn't have an answer to say what they did that they failed in on that day, their dad would say, you've done a bad job. Go back wow. tomorrow and fail at something. Yeah. Right. Because it's when you fail at something that that's that's when you get better. You have to be willing to fail to get right. good at something. 
Mm-hmm. Right. I'm sure you know you're in the tech space. The yeah. number of beta tests that are done <laughs> before something actually works Absolutely. is insane. Yeah. And we we can apply the same thing in our, in our lives as well. Yeah. No, no, I agree. I agree 100%. I think it's it's important like a lot of people just need to understand fully that you know failing is just part of the journey it's just part of the experience towards trying to achieve what you're trying to achieve and they shouldn't necessarily look at it as as a failure but it's really more of a learning lesson right you're just moving steps a lot closer towards accomplishing what you're trying to accomplish and it's not really necessarily a failure per se exactly yep yeah yeah awesome so um yeah my next question for you is you know Where are you heading to? You know, what are some of the things you're hoping to accomplish in the next couple of years? Oh, wow. Yeah, looking into the future. Definitely, I one of my big, big visions is to get at least 10,000 women. I I don't know how. Don't ask me the how. But I want to get 10,000 women into leadership positions in the next five years. That's my big goal. How it's going to happen, I don't know. But for me, at this stage, impact is is really what I am looking to to achieve, right? Um, and really be able to to make a difference. And that's why people like like Lewis Hamilton inspire me in so many ways right. because you realize that it's it's it doesn't take a lot to make a difference, right? right. You don't have to have all the money; just mm-hmm. be there to inspire people. You know, right. inspire people with your own story share your story share your experiences um and and so for me that's i feel that's the trajectory or that's the path that i am going to in my career Mm -hmm. and of course i still want to to grow my credibility i still want to grow my personal brand as it relates to my formal corporate career but Mm -hmm. the pinnacle of my career would just be impacting and getting 10,000 women into leadership some way, somehow. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's really great. Um, And I hope it happens. Honestly, it would be awesome to, you know, have that conversation once it's been accomplished and we have 10,000 strong women in leadership positions. So that's, that'd be a beautiful thing for sure. Um, So yeah. 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 Yeah, I will watch uh this five years from now. Yeah, we're going to be watching very keenly, all of us, very, very keenly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so the next set of questions are a bit more personal. Um, and the first question I have for you is, uh, do you practice self-improvement? And if so, what do you do? Oh, yes, I do. I have like a whole bunch of books on my <laughs> office desk right here. Yeah, um, yeah. And this Which is, one's your this favorite? Is also something. Oh, that's such a difficult question. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, hmm. Like if I told you you had to pick one for one day, which one would you read? No, that that's a very difficult question. <laughs> Why are you putting me in this position? Oh my goodness. Um. Whew. Well, I. I love Michelle Obama, so I would probably mm-hmm. say it's not a self-development book, but there's a lot you can learn from her book, Becoming. I would probably say, yeah, at the moment, that would be my my top book. But as it relates to self-development and improvement, um, I would say 
Sure, this is really hard. <laughs> but I, I would say Think and Grow Rich because yeah, right. I think it's, it's just great one of those, yeah, tried yeah. and tested. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even when I read these other books, they are all, all based on the principles in that book. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you realize it's, it's funny, like a lot of these self-improvement books, they, they sort of just relate with each other. Like, And mm -hmm. I actually got really good advice from an uncle once and he told me that like, you know, when you're reading things, when you find that a lot of the books are sort of saying the same things, then it must be true what they're saying, right? And that that's what Absolutely. you should you should take as the sole truth, right? The fact that they're all saying the same thing, that thing is actually what what's true. Anything else is just like fluff. Yeah. But that main thing is that's what's true. Very, hmm. very true. And and I've realized even like people who talk about self-development, like from a Christian perspective, mm -hmm. and those who talk about it from a maybe more philosophical or scientific perspective, they're actually all saying the same thing, yeah. to yeah. be honest, at yeah. the end of the day. So I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. All right. So my next question is, you know, what is one area of your life you feel you could improve on? That is a very good question. Definitely giving more time to my kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah. They're mm -hmm. only a certain age for a certain time. So True. that's something I'm striving towards more and more. Um, and like I said, it, it's just unfortunate that as women, your career peaks at the same time when you're also trying to raise your family. So right. it, it takes a lot of effort to have that balance and have those boundaries right absolutely okay um so my next question is actually still similar topic right you know what does being a woman mean to you and actually even let's get even more specific right what does being a mother mean to you oh yeah i feel so oh with that question um i think that responsibility first of all there's nothing there's no experience you can compare to bringing a whole human being into right. the world mm -hmm. but then it, it hits you that the responsibility of not just taking care of them because I feel like being a mother isn't is not just the fact that you can give birth to a child it's nurturing that child it's giving right. that child unconditional love it is being there for that child even though they aren't exactly what you were expecting it is not giving up on your child right when other people maybe do it is being there for them irrespective right. of the circumstances and and you know not forgetting that the most important thing or the most important priority is always going to be your family and your children right. as a mother um, and it sounds like a huge responsibility, but then again, I feel like it's such a huge privilege because right. not everyone will have that opportunity That's true. That's um, very true. to, to be a mom. So yeah, it's, it's one of those mixed, I don't even know how to explain. Yeah. It's yeah. just one of those things that you have these mixed, not mixed feelings, but the responsibility is so serious right. but then again the love that you you get from it the the gratitude right. the person you become as mm. you you know grow into motherhood is just 
an ex- experience you it's really hard to explain to be honest right, in words yeah. yeah it's one of those i mean I, I i don't know personally but i imagine it's like you have to <laughs> experience it yourself to really understand fully what is what it means to be a mother yes. right? yeah yes yeah. yes yes nice. and i think once you become one you realize that the sacrifice your parents made right. that your mother made all the things that they went through for you to be where you are you just have a new profound perspective right and gratitude for it yeah and i'm yeah. sure also an appreciation too because you realize just how mm-hmm yeah just how much effort and like you said just the responsibility the weight of it that's there yes yes yeah like like we were talking about homework and you know doing homework with kids is not easy <laughs> and when i look back and remember how you know my parents would do homework with me every day right. without fail wow. they would not give up if i'm not getting things right they would sit with me for hours until i do i mean that's it's a very simple example but right. it takes a lot of time investment energy mm-hmm. investment um and willingness to to put that time in your child um right. for them to you know come out come out right on the other side wow yeah no i agree i agree so it's it's funny like i mean obviously for me i'm like really young so i still have quite a lot of years ahead of me but you know i just imagine right it's just these little things that you know my parents have done for me that once i do have kids it's like i'll begin to really appreciate them because i'll be having that same experience mm-hmm. with my own children as well so um yeah that's yeah it's interesting um so yeah so my last question for you is um you know what does alpha delta mean to you Oh, um, the first word that came to my mind was just inspiration, inspiring. Mm, right. So, so I would say, yeah, that's probably what it means to me. Um, cause that's what my gut feel is, but I think it's also, I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like it's, it's a movement that is showing people that you have a lot more power than you think you do Mm -hmm. to shape your destiny to shape your life as you want it to be Mm -hmm. right and and you can take that into your own hands just based on the guests that you've been having for me that's that's the thread in or you know the commonalities and the messaging that i would say i i've picked right interesting wow thanks (laughs) that's really nice (laughs) um i hope that rings Uh a bell yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's 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 very very. Uh, it connects with just what I'm trying to build. Um, I always ask this question to to the guests. Well, at least I'm trying to do it now, just because um, I want to get that perspective from the guests because I I myself know why I gave it that title. Um, and just to share it for you, it's mm-hmm. like you know when I was thinking about okay, um, I know I'm connected to and I know a lot of people who are doing very inspiring things. You know, how do I categorize this group of people right and the funny thing is like i was just i was thinking about like frats and three and, and sororities in like american universities which is what, where i went to right and usually like a frat yeah. a sorority you have a group of people they have like a shared common mission they do activities together um so the name alpha mm-hmm. came from like you know 
like an, uh, so a, fertur, a fret or a sorority that's called alpha and then delta just sort of it came in the process but like more or less i was also just really thinking about you know alpha like these are people who are striving to be the best version of themselves and then delta is about you know they're constantly improving and constantly wanting to change um to help them reach that goal of being the best version of themselves so that's yeah. sort of how yeah it sort of came together as a title um Awesome. So I'm spot on. I'm right on it. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very right on. Um, yeah. So, you know, we've come to the end of this conversation. Um, you know, thank you so much for just taking the time. Um, I think just final remarks, you know, where can people find you? And is there anything that you want to like, you know, promote or plug on this episode? Yeah. Yeah, so you'll find me. I hang out on LinkedIn almost every day. So you'll find me there. My LinkedIn um, name is Rebecca Morioki. So just search Rebecca Morioki, but happy to share the link, um, which you can then put on the show notes. In terms of Instagram, I'm also there at Rebecca K. Morioki. So if you're more of an Instagram person, yeah, definitely hang out with me over there. Follow me, send me a DM. And I do have, because for me, I said elevating people to leadership is what I'm all about so I just recently launched um, the position to promotion guide which will give you five steps to how to actually secure that next promotion you're working towards especially right. if you're working towards the leadership position so definitely check the guide out it is at bit.com ly bit.ly forward slash position to promotion and get your copy over there nice nice awesome and for anyone watching like i'll put all these links in the description of this video and the spot of the podcast so you can just scroll through the description and find all the links right there right so um you know thank you so much uh, again rebecca for you know just taking the time on being this episode of, of alpha delta you know for everyone watching you know this is a podcast where we have conversations with people operating at a higher level with the hopes that you know it motivates and inspires people to become the best version of themselves um i've been your host joe karaoke and i'm here with my guest rebecca Murioki, and this is going to be a goodbye from us and we'll see you on the next one Bye.